This is Fred Rachani of TSC News right here to recap WWE Tuesday Night Smackdown Live, August 29th, 2018. Excuse me, 2017. I'm jumping ahead of myself here. This was kind of an eventful Smackdown, but one that was just kind of also there. One that was a bit skippable. One that did not feel like must-see TV. And one that, based on these pictures I'm seeing from people that attended the show live in Little Rock, Arkansas, one that was not attended by many, which is very, very alarming. Now, we had our main event of Rusev and Jinder Mahal teaming up to take on Nakamura and Randy Orton. This was a perfectly fine house show main event which was set up at the beginning of the show when Jinder Mahal came out with the Singh brothers. He chastised the Singh brothers for losing last week in a handicap match to Jinder Mahal, excuse me, to uh, Shinsuke Nakamura, or as I like to call it, a handicap match. And he made them apologize. They said, we're sorry, Maharaja, we're sorry. They asked if they could kiss his feet. This dragged on and on and on. So what happens? We get Nakamura coming out. And of course, we find out that we're getting a tag team main event rather than a Nakamura-Mahal rematch, at least for now. So, Nakamura interrupts. Long story short, he, gets, he ends up getting attacked by Rusev, the Singh brothers, and Jinder. Orton runs out for the save. That sets up our tag team main event. Short, simple, effective, at least after all that talking and begging and pleading. The Singh brothers did have a uh, funny line when they said that they're apologizing on behalf of India or, or to India. I think they say on behalf of India or, or to India and on behalf of the whole entire Asian continent, which got a good chuckle out of me. We had Sheldon Benjamin and Chad Gable in their first match together as tag team partners defeat the Ascension. This was a really good showcase match for the team. Sheldon Benjamin is 42 and looks great. He looks young. He moves young. I'm not going to say he's 2005 Shelton Benjamin. That'd be completely inaccurate. But the guy looks great, moves crisp in the ring, and got the win with the pay dirt, which was set up by a Chad Gable suplex. Actually, I think it was a slingshot. Slingshot, suplex, one of those two things. We had AJ Styles come out for the U.S. title open challenge, similar to what John Cena did in 2015. Backstage, Baron Corbin said he's going to accept the match, but Ty Dillinger beat him to the punch. Baron Corbin tried to attack Dillinger. Dillinger fought him off, although he took a couple shots. Faced AJ. They only had about a two-minute match, which is very disappointing. I think these guys were capable of a much better match if they were given the time. I know Dillinger is not at the level of AJ Styles in terms of star power in the ring, but he's a good, solid worker. Fans like him, and he just got two minutes and tapped out with the calf crusher. Afterwards, Corbin pulled Dillinger out of the ring, beat the hell out of him, threw him like a sack of potatoes, and he had a stare down with AJ Styles. So, Boren Baron Corbin versus one of the best wrestlers in the world, AJ Styles, is your next U.S. title feud. All I got to say is AJ definitely has his work cut out for him. That's for sure. Now, AJ has worked with big guys before. He's worked with dudes that can't work before. He's worked with dudes that kind of can work, but a little big and clunky before, but... Uh, Baron Corbin, yeah, uh, he, he may be one of the, the weaker opponents in AJ Styles' career, at least in the last 10, 15 years. I could be wrong. If somebody can bring up a weaker opponent in terms of in the ring uh, that for a major feud, not just a one-off match, uh, please let me know. And James Ellsworth does not count.
We had Bobby Roode defeat Mike Kanellis. This was a really good showcase match for Bobby Roode. I was worried about him last week because while it was a decent showcase for him looking back, he sold a little too much for a guy at Aiden English's level. This week, he got most of the offense, sold a little bit, came back, hit the glorious DDT, got a great reaction from the crowd or whatever crowd was there because there was a lot of areas tarped off in Little Rock tonight. Mike Kanellis did a great job as enhancement talent. I feel bad for the guy to some extent because it looked like he was going to get a big push and then they pulled the rug out from underneath him. They immediately gave up on him. But I think his stock actually went up here because WWE, Triple H especially, very high on Bobby Roode. He made Bobby Roode look like a million bucks. He sold very well for him. He looked good too. For those that don't know, Mike Canales, a.k.a. Mike Bennett, is recovering from painkiller addiction. He, or, or some type of pill addiction. I think it was painkiller addiction. The, I think this is his second month sober, according to his Instagram and his wife's Instagram. Uh, a really inspirational story. I feel bad, again, that creatively he's kind of languished over the last month or so. But if you follow him on social media, the guy seems like a really nice dude. Somebody who obviously made a terrible mistake and is cleaning up his life. It's nice to see the WWE is sticking by him, employing him. I think it'd be really bad if this guy was addicted and all of a sudden they just you know dump him on his ass. Hopefully, he'll get a chance to shine. He's a talented dude. For a while, I kind of put him in that Cody Rhodes class, maybe without the cachet of the Rhodes name, where, you know, good look, solid worker, but, you know, there's something missing. And, of course, Cody Rhodes has shown, especially since he's left WWE, that he does have something. He does have something. And Mike Kanellis, as Mike Bennett in TNA, of all places, when he was wrestling as the Miracle, actually did show something. He did show a lot of charisma. He did show that he can be a great act with his wife that doesn't just revolve around her buttocks as they had in New Japan. And, uh, you know, he showed that he can work. So I'm, I'm not saying this guy is, you know, AJ Styles level or anything like that. Then again, a lot of people aren't AJ Styles level. Uh, but he's a guy that, as we saw tonight, can work a good match, can be a good hand. Uh, he, he's got a decent presence with his wife. And I do hope that down the road, either in SmackDown Maybe going to Raw. Hopefully they won't go to Raw. Or uh, NXT, he can get an opportunity to shine. And uh, actually not thinking about it, Raw would be a bad idea unless you're Elias Sampson. They usually allow only like one or two comedy acts to get over on that show. Why Elias is the one getting the push and not a guy like Mike Kanellis? I don't know. I don't know. But Rude got the win with the glorious DDT. This was a uh, pretty decent match that totally did its job, which was get Rude over. Aiden English is in the ring singing after the commercial break. He has an immaculate voice that the crowd clearly didn't care for. So no offense to Little Rock, but I don't think they have great taste in singers if they're booing my man Aiden English. And Kevin Owens interrupts. English surprisingly obliges and leaves unscathed. And Owens cuts a promo on Shane McMahon, says a year ago today he won the WWE Universal title, which for those that don't remember, not only was a great moment, but an awkward one because essentially Triple H won it for him. He claims that this tomfoolery with Shane McMahon being the referee last week and screwing him over would have never, ever happened if he was on Raw, if he was dealing with Stephanie McMahon. I guess he forgot about the fact that Stephanie McMahon used to book him in random matches that weren't in his favor at times. I don't know. I guess she did throw him a bone that one time. He was in a handicap match with Reigns and Jericho pinned him for the title. But other than that, I kind of remember him having a contentious relationship with Steph. Anyway... He uh, jokingly says that Stephanie McMahon would never stoop to the low Shane McMahon did, which got, got another chuckle out of me. There were some funny lines on this show. Uh, unfortunately, not with Brizango. More on that later. 
And uh, he ended up calling out Shane. Shane came out, said he has nobody to blame but himself. He ordered English to get back into the ring because he's going to wrestle Sami Zayn. Owens was on commentary. Flipped his lid because he hated the officiating in the match. He took the referee's shirt, put the ref shirt on, made himself the official, hit the pop-up powerbomb on Zayn, and English got the hollow victory, which Shane McMahon backstage later annulled and said, Kevin Owens, I understand, left the arena. I'm leaving too. <gasps> which is going to probably lead to Kevin Owens versus Shane McMahon. And last time I checked, the next SmackDown pay-per-view, which is in October, is, get this, Hell in a Cell, which means our pay-per-view main event could be Kevin Owens versus 48-year-old Shane McMahon, or Shane McTan, as he looked tonight, inside Hell in a Cell. What? Bad idea, Shane. Bad idea. You got kids, bro. You got kids. We had the Usos versus the New Day in a non-title match. The winner got to pick the stipulation for the rematch. The Usos ended up getting the win. I have no idea why the Usos have to wrestle the New Day again. If they beat them at SummerSlam for the titles, if they beat them here tonight, why do they have to, quote-unquote, pick a rematch or pick a stipulation for the rematch when they've beaten them twice. They beat them twice. But they won. They get to pick the stipulation. We will see what happens there. This was a decent match. Nothing at the level of their SummerSlam match or their Battleground match. Xavier Woods was at ringside in a knee brace. He was limping. He had a sign that says it's sore. Thankfully, he seems to be okay because he was walking. He was walking gingerly, but he was walking. He got injured in a house show on Monday night. It looked bad at first. He did a tornado DDT on one of the Usos, and his knee just gave out. Looks like he's going to be okay, uh, according to Wrestling Observer as well, and Deddy B confirming through them. Uh, Samoa Joe also suffered a knee injury. He said, Actually, no, they confirmed Xavier Woods' knee injury. I'm sorry. They didn't confirm Samoa Joe's knee injury. Samoa Joe, Raw Superstar, reportedly suffered a knee injury on, not Monday, Saturday. Okay, Saturday. I believe in Jonesboro, Arkansas, in a match with John Cena. And it looks like he's going to be out for four to six weeks, which is quite unfortunate because he's had some momentum. But better than you know, nine months like big cast. So while it sucks that Joe and Xavier got hurt, knock on wood, it seems like it's not anything too, too serious. And again, considering what happened to big cast, uh, obviously it could have been a lot, a lot worse for both men. We had Tamina come out. She was introduced by Lana. Lana's in her old ravishing Russian wear. Tamina defeated a local town. I have no idea what this young woman's name is, but she deserves a long-ass ice bath after this because Tamina is rough. Tamina's a little reckless. Tamina's a bit stiff. And unfortunately, while they're doing the Rusev 2014 gimmick with Tamina, she is not even half the worker Rusev is. I'm sure she's a sweetheart of a woman. I'm sure she has good intentions. I'm sure she tries really hard, but she's been in WWE for so many years now. Since the Usos came on the scene, since 2009. Probably longer than that if you count developmental. And at this point, she is what she is. She's big. She's got a unique look. You know, she's a pretty girl. But she's not a good professional wrestler. She's just not. You know, may maybe if she had the opportunity to wrestle long singles matches with, say, Natalia on house shows for... A couple straight months, she might improve after all this time. 
rather than her, you know, having been in this bodyguard role where she didn't really have to work over the years. I don't know, maybe she would improve, but as of right now, I do not care at all for uh, Tamina, and neither did the crowd. We had a backstage segment with Natalia, James Ellsworth, and Carmella. Natalia was giving some lip service to Carmella. She was pissed off about the fact that Carmella turned on her in a tag team match last week. She said, if you ever try that again, I'm going to make you the Baron Corbin of the women's division. And she challenged her to a match next week. Non-title, though. Afterwards, Naomi came up from behind Natalia and said, in two weeks, I'm facing you in a rematch for the SmackDown Women's Championship. By the way, if you guys are watching live, I will be answering your questions in just a couple minutes. Please feel free to click the like button, share this with all your friends, click the subscribe button, visit thesportscourier.com, our brand new website, which is up right now. Lastly, we had Randy Orton and Shinsuke Nakamura versus Jinder Mahal and Rusev. Jinder Mahal will face the winner of Nakamura and Orton next week, the following week. So next week is Orton and Nakamura. Winner faces Jinder Mahal the week after. So Jinder Mahal in two weeks will defend this title either against Orton or Nakamura or both if there's a non-finish next week in a triple threat match. And for the love of God, as much as I like Jinder, as much as I respect his dedication in terms of improving his physique and trying to get better in the ring and on the mic, I I do feel like he's made significant improvements. At this point, they need to make a change. The SmackDown brand, it doesn't even seem stale. It just seems disinteresting. It really does. It really does. And based on the live crowd reaction or lack thereof tonight, based on the lack of a live crowd even there, they need to boost ticket sales. They need to boost interest. It ain't Randy Orton. okay? It's not like Randy Orton was knocking him dead either as champion, but at least Randy is a main event level performer. Okay, Nakamura, he'd be great. I think they should have pulled the trigger at SummerSlam. I think him losing at SummerSlam really hurt his momentum. But there's a chance that if he beats Orton next week and beats Jinder the following week, that the SmackDown ship could be steered in the right direction. But, you know, I never thought I'd say this. Baron Corbin no longer having the briefcase and nobody winning it from him actually really hurt SmackDown as well. There's a lot less intrigue in the title picture. I'm not saying I wanted Baron Corbin to win, but I just think the uh, the foreshadowing of somebody cashing in over the long term uh, is just interesting. It's a it's an interesting backstory. You know, it's always interesting if you get some mileage out of it. And it's not like Baron Corbin was jobbing left and right. He was losing some matches here and there, but he wasn't outright buried until recently, like you know Damian Sandow or any of those guys. And, and the fact that John Cena didn't even beat him for the briefcase, yeah. I don't know. I think it was kind of a waste of a male Money in the Bank winner, but that's just my opinion. Anyway, Nakamura and Orton had a completely fine house show main event with Mahal and Rusev. Unfortunately, this was televised. Nakamura got the win with the lightest Kinsasha knee you've ever seen on Rusev. Pinned him 1-2-3. Afterwards, Orton hit an amazingly vicious RKO on Nakamura. Nakamura might have sold this RKO better than Rusev did from SummerSlam. And again, they will face each other next week. Overall, decent episode of SmackDown Live, but... The brand is desperate for a new champion that can wrestle a main event style, who's fresh. Nakamura fits the bill. I would recommend them eventually reincorporating KO into the title picture. Hell, they got AJ Styles. I know he's a great U.S. champion, but Jesus Christmas, he's one of the best wrestlers in the world still. Why not put him in the title picture eventually? And hey, how about this? Bright idea. 
You have one of the best workers in the business you freaking underutilize is by the name of Sami Zayn, who could be your next Daniel Bryan if you ever remotely gave him the chance to be. The talent's there. And oh yeah, you got a guy named Luke Harper who's so bored, he's posting Instagram pics. The day Luke Harper has enough free time to post on Instagram is a bad damn day for WWE creative. So overall, thumbs in the middle edition of SmackDown. Um, it was eventful in the sense that, you know, we got some matches set up for the next couple weeks. It was eventful because we had that badass RKO. It was eventful because Bobby Roode and Mike Kanellis surprisingly had a really decent match. And Sean Benjamin looked good. But other than that, I mean, honestly, th this was kind of skippable. You could have gone online, watched a few gifts from WWE's Twitter feed, and you would have been informed. This was not a musty episode of SmackDown. Let's go to the comments here. JB says Mike and Maria need to be sent to NXT and possibly join the ROH stable of Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, and Bobby Fish. I agree. I think they'd be a better fit for that. How long until Vince decides Maria's too hot for Mike Kanellis and puts her with Rude? <laughs> That'll be awkward as hell. I'm looking forward to seeing a singles match between Gable and Shelton. Don't break him up yet, man. Give him some time. And JB says... Brazongo could be this generation's edge in Christian. Hold on a minute there. They're good workers. They're not that good. Number two, I completely forgot about the fashion files because it was that uneventful. I like both guys. I like them as wrestlers. They're a great act. But the last couple of weeks, the, the fashion peaks, whatever it's called, whoosh, went over my head. This week, I could not care any less. I did not laugh. I did not understand what they were talking about. I just watched in disdain and wondered why aren't these men wrestling? Even if you put them against some enhancement talent, do some comedy in the ring, wrestle. We still never found out who attacked them. Was it the authors of pain? Was it Aiden English like they said? I mean, who, who is it? At this point, I don't care. They've dragged this on for too long. This is typical WWE booking. You have something funny, and you beat that horse, beat that horse until it's dead and buried in the ground. Just wrestle. Give me a new storyline development. Something. Maybe down the road even give them the tag team titles. But I am tired of these skits. Filth Monger. Is the Authors of Pain going to be the ones that attacked Brizongo? I kind of hope not. I think Authors of Pain should stay in NXT for a while. Maybe just give them a little bit of a hiatus, have them just work house shows. Actually, this is what I would do with Authors of Pain. Have them work some main roster house shows, gauge the reaction they get. Have them work NXT house shows as well, and eventually bring them back at like the next TakeOver or something. Keep them off TV for a while, keep them fresh. If you really want to bring them up, I guess you could do SmackDown. But long term, as I've brought up before, if they are going to eventually relent and turn Roman Reigns heel, which I don't think they are, but they should. I would align AOP, given the similar style, in the ring and with ring wear, with Roman Reigns, and have them be a dominant force that runs roughshod over WWE. I personally think that'd be money, but that's just my opinion. Just think how over Harper was before WWE took him off TV. Yeah, remember how interesting it was leading up to WrestleMania? We thought they were going to do that triple threat match between Harper and Wyatt and Orton. And that would have been a great match. Instead, what we got was two months of garbage main events 
Well, so they're not, they weren't really Slaughter's main events, but they were technically SmackDown's main event. Okay, one that involved holograms of bugs, the other involving a House of Horrors match. Poor Luke Harper, he definitely deserves better. He and the fact that he got himself in such such great in ring shape too. And they rewarded him with a nothing spot in the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. And just weeks of being off TV. Ugh. Life is not fair, my friends. Life is not fair. Um, somebody here is asking me about the Mae Young Classic. I still have not watched all the matches. I did watch Shayna Baszler's match. Um, I did watch uh, the opener. Uh, so far, I do like what I see. I think JR has been pretty good on commentary. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say uh, it's top-notch JR yet, but again, it's episode one. Lita sounds a little awkward. I think they kind of put her on the mic just because she's a former women's champion and a legend. Um, I would have, you know, I would have liked to have actually heard Sarah Del Rey. I have no idea if she can actually commentate, but would have been interesting to maybe hear from her, just a, a different voice that we haven't heard on WWE television. Um, I think Moro Ronaldo and JR would have been a great team. Moro and his crew did a, a great job calling May, the Mayweather-McGregor broadcast. Brian Custer, all those guys did an excellent job with that whole presentation. It would have been nice to kind of see them bring that to the May Young Classic. But as far as the entrances, the video packages, the wrestling itself thus far, and granted I'm very early on, um, it's impressed me. So uh, I'm liking it. And I'm somebody that was a big fan of the Cruiserweight Classic last year. I kind of wish they did it this year, but I get why they didn't. They're, they're doing the women's thing and... Yeah, so far so good. I'll let you guys know when I finish the first four episodes and then I will give you my thoughts. I have to catch up on a lot of wrestling. I still have to catch up on some of the undercard matches of the G1. There were like 40 matches in that whole tournament that I think went three stars or over. I mean, there's some really good matches, some hidden gems as well. I still got to catch those. I got a backlog of even older New Japan Wrestling and Access TV matches on my DVR. And then on top of that, right... WCPW, What Culture Pro Wrestling, had uh, a great weekend of wrestling, which also which featured you know, Will Ospreay and Kushida, Will Ospreay and Rey Mysterio. All these awesome matches that I really, really want to see and just have so little time. Thankfully, Labor Day weekend, I'm going to be off of work for about four days. I'll, I will put some time aside when I'm not reviewing some video games and video editing to watch these matches and give you guys my thoughts. Because one, I like to talk to you about them. And two, I love wrestling and sounds like some pretty damn good wrestling to me. Lastly, SmackDown likes to tease a lot of things and then drop said tease things. Oh, yeah, that's right. One more thing. I, how could I forget about Dolph Ziggler's latest forgettable gimmick? Once again, complaining about his spot. He was backstage. Uh, Dasha asked him, why didn't you reveal your new uh, you know, showcase or whatever? He said, we're in Little Rock, Arkansas. They don't deserve it. I'll, I'll, I'll uh, you know, unveil my, the new Dolph Ziggler next week. Still has the same raggedy, you know, dirty blonde hair with the ponytail. Doesn't even wet it anymore. He looks like he doesn't care. He's phoning it in. I guess that's the gimmick and all, but... Oh, brother. Ta far be it from me to tell a man what to do with his money. Or a woman. But I genuinely believe that if Dolph Ziggler had left WWE two years ago and not resigned and did the Cody Rhodes route, uh, the Drew McIntyre route, although Drew McIntyre was kind of forced to because he was released, but... But point is, if he was forced to take their route, which is go to the Indies and prove himself as one of the best workers in the world, I think he would have excelled. I think he would have had a lot of great matches. I think he would have maybe even drawn some money on the Indies, and he could have come back to WWE hotter than ever. 
Now, I'm not saying Cody Rhodes is one of the best workers in the world, but Cody Rhodes is definitely one of the hottest acts, if not the hottest act on the indies right now. And he's a guy that has drawn money on the indie level. Uh, I think he helped the Death Before Dishonor pay-per-view of ROH last year when he was put on there in his ROH pay-per-view debut. He's a guy that's had much better matches for the most part than he ever did in WWE because he's working with so many different guys where he always has to raise his game. And you know what? Not everybody has to be uh, you know, an AJ Styles or a Ricochet or, or, or an Adam Cole. You know, you could be a guy like Cody Rhodes overall. The complete package is really awesome, and you connect with the fans. And I, I think a guy like Dolph Ziggler, uh, given his standout in-ring work, given the fact that, you know, when he's not bitching and complaining and have the same tired gimmick, has some pretty good mic skills, I think he would have excelled in the Indies. Can you imagine Dolph Ziggler and Pro Wrestling Gorilla at the Battle of Los Angeles? Can you imagine Dolph Ziggler possibly... Wrestling Hiroshi Tanahashi for New Japan Pro Wrestling instead of his father, Billy Gunn? Can you imagine Dolph Ziggler maybe doing some Lucha Libre? That would have been awesome. And he would probably would have made good money. But I'm sure he's getting paid a lot more in WWE right now. Actually, I'm not sure because he's barely been used lately. And I'm sure he's got a good downside guarantee. And obviously the guaranteed money's probably a lot more than he would have gotten on the indies. But I just think creatively... You know, this guy was one of my favorite wrestlers. I used to love watching him. I was so happy when he won the world title a few years ago. And now this guy is just a nothing dude. And look, I don't know what goes on behind the scenes. From what I understand, uh, I forgot I forgot where I read it. But I read somewhere in like some interview that Dolph Ziggler apparently uh, pissed off John Cena back in the day when they had their feud. And John Cena wasn't impressed. And, and Dolph Ziggler never took his advice. And that's why Dolph has kind of slowly gone down the skids. Whatever the case may be, whether you like Dolph or you don't like Dolph, whether he's ever been liked backstage or not, it's irrelevant to the fan. This is what the regular fan sees or did see with Dolph Ziggler for many years. A talented guy who improved and had good to great matches almost every freaking night. And you know what else they saw? A guy who was never rewarded for having good to great matches and good to great reactions every night. And now... It's 2017, going into 2018, he's past the point of no return here. He really is. What's he going to do? He's going to keep cutting promos, talking about how he knows how to be a star now? This guy's a former world champion. Granted, his title reigns were a joke, but it's not a good look when you're telling your audience that a former world champion is still trying to become a superstar after being in the company for 10 damn years. 11 years on the main roster. Oh, boy. So, yeah. Overall, SmackDown was decent. If you missed it, you didn't really miss much. Although, next week's Nakamura Orton match should be a good match. Hopefully, it'll get more time than Cena and Nakamura, which was a great match, but butchered as hell by commercial breaks and starting at 9.45 p.m. Eastern time. Seriously. Hopefully, these guys get more than 15 minutes of TV time. But I want to hear from you. What do you think about the state of SmackDown? What do you think about the state of Raw? What do you think about the John Cena-Roman Reigns promo from Raw? Let me know. Leave a comment below. Tweet us. Facebook us. Do what you got to do. If you enjoyed this broadcast, please like, share, take care. Click that subscribe button for all the latest live updates. If you want to support TSC News, visit our t-shirt store and hoodie store, teespring.com slash TSC news 
dash gear. That's teespring.com slash TSC dash news dash gear. I'll have a new episode of TSC news this week, a special throwback episode. Looking back at my interview with new Japan pro wrestling's juice Robinson, AKA former WWE NXT superstar, CJ Parker, a guy who definitely has turned his career around and the other way from where Dolph Ziggler's going. So folks, I'm heading out until next time. As always, enjoy the matches.